and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Preview Podcast. Sunderland are gradually getting back to playing regular football following a COVID outbreak in the middle of December, but the elusive three points still seems to be escaping the close of Lee Johnson and his team. However, this Saturday, we face AFC Wimbledon as we bid to return to winning ways for the first time in over a month. And joining us to preview the game is one of my favourite people on the in the whole of the football world, Wimbledon <laughs> director, Ivor Heller. How are you doing, Ivor? Are you well? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you very much. Yeah, really, really pleased to be back with you and uh, um, looking forward to playing the mighty Sunderland again on uh, on Saturday. Might not be as mighty as you might have thought, but then again. Uh, if there's one game I was looking forward to this season, it, it was playing you lot again down at our place because, you know, the last time we, we, we played it down, we had such a laugh with, 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 with the fans, you know, the, the, the guys that, that, that came along and, and, and we're still in touch with a lot of them. They've been emailing us and want to say, the tickets that they bought from the game last season for next season now, you yeah. know, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, they, they, they are absolutely fantastic. And uh, um, yeah, that's if you don't get up this year, which is a, a debatable point, I guess. <laughs> debatable is the right word. Absolutely. I think um, first things first, it wasn't actually that long ago since we faced each other. I think it's a month to be exact, but so much has gone on in between those fixtures. So, We'll rewind back slightly to, I think it was the 15th of December. Um, for the fans, news of the COVID outbreak broke pretty late. There was rumours, but when it actually got confirmed, it was fairly late. And then we we took the news on and then it was straight into watching the game. Um, can you run us through a little bit what it was like to be on the opposite side of the fences, like in AFC Wimbledon, uh, well, yeah. director there? I mean, we first heard about it. We were we were actually at the train station on the way up. You know, and... Uh, and it was like, are we getting on the train or aren't we getting on the train? Are we get on the train or aren't we getting on the train? That kind of thing was was, was going on. But but you know, basically, this, this, this is the truth of it. We had a COVID outbreak ourselves, um, and we lost um, a few games. They then made us play um, five, uh, yeah, four games in eight days. They made us play um, uh, five games in in eleven days. Um, and then you start to wonder why your team's out of form. Well, first of all, some of them have had COVID. You don't know which ones of them have had COVID, but some of them have had COVID. Um, and then they're being asked to, to come straight back, having not been out of train properly, and start playing straight away. You know, they haven't had a proper, they haven't had a full week, they haven't had a, a pre-season. With us, we literally, we came back on the Thursday, um, and all the players were back in on Friday. But guess what? We were travelling to Rochdale that day. So, you know, in, in, in those games, uh, three of them were away from home, including a trip to Barrow. You know, I mean, it was utterly insane what was going on. And it, it made no sense to me. Um, and, and that's why all I would say is at, at the moment, the effects of COVID um, can be quite drastic on the team. We've not won since, since then. You know, it, we, we've not been able to... Put, put a win together for you know since well, we haven't won since we played Sunderland although we you know, we've lost a couple more games since then and I believe that that, that COVID and injuries and that 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 period of games that they made us play shoved in so tight has uh, uh, really uh, took the wind out of ourselves because we were we were doing really well up to then. It so, feels like that as well, doesn't it? Because there's so many games to fit in. There's just anyway in this league, there's a lot of games to fit in. But it's what is it? Game every four days or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, but we would, we would, we landed up doing more than that. They made, you know, they made us go to Barrow on the Thursday, 
you know, after we'd been to Rochdale on the Saturday, Gillingham on the Tuesday, Barrow on the Thursday. Then we had to play at home to Crawley on, in, in the Cup on the Sunday. Peterborough at home on the uh, on on the Wednesday, and then and then and then after that, the wind went out of our sails completely because that just that just slayed us really, you know. So, um, but we are we're getting back to it now. We we got a fitter squad again now. We we had we had another load of COVID cases, but they made us play Lincoln top of the league um, when when we literally had I think it was thirteen senior players out. Yeah, I read that. But because it was only five of them out for COVID, just let them play the rest of the game. It's just like wow, that is like harsh, isn't it? But so, so I think that 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 you know, from what I understood, that was a similar kind of situation at, at, at Sunderland. I think there's a number. I think there's a number, and until that you're over that number, you don't get a game called off. Yeah, I think we had well, we had a few players that were injured. I think at the time, um, in general, and then there was players you could guess had COVID by the fact that they weren't in the lineup. And I think the whole day after that news broke was just a bit weird. Like you're watching the games in the house anyway, which is weird to begin with. Um, I don't know. Obviously you can't speak on behalf of the players because you're not them, you're not in their head, but I suppose when you're getting on the train to go up and then the players hear that, is there an element of like some players think, do I really want to be playing this? And you've got to start thinking about like, do we play it? Can we forfeit it? Or what do you, what do you do? I don't think the, 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 well, the players definitely didn't know until it actually came out publicly. It came yeah. out publicly when we were halfway up. Well, we were like, oh, blimey, they've got a COVID outbreak. Should we be doing this? But then some might have had it anyway. I mean, you know, it, the, the, to my mind, you know, I think you have, it, it should be a club's decision as to whether a game goes ahead or not, I think. Um, yeah. And I think Sunderland had had their way that day the game would not have gone ahead. Yeah. I think, I think that's the case, but, you know, we 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 we're never going to really know the, the 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 full ins and outs of it. And what I will say is that, that you're better off to get that game out of the way because otherwise, you know, that fixture pile up just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I think we had three games. I think it was after that. What I got suspended, or actually, it ended up being four. And I think now looking at it, I can't remember the exact figures. But it's a lot of games in a short space of time because obviously we're speaking before it, but at the time of speaking, we're both in the, the pizza trophy as well, aren't we? That adds yeah. extra games to it as well. Sorry, the Papa John's, to give it its correct name. That for us is a bit of a blessing because we've hardly played, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so we play tomorrow night and that, you know, that, that, that's almost like a kind of pre-season friendly type game. Not, not, not a pre, we want to win it. Of course we want to win it. Uh, uh, and yeah, we all want, we all need the money from a you know a, a cup run of any sorts, really. Yeah, um, of course. You know that, that that would be very nice to uh, have a cup run. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's really difficult, and I just think that, that that by you know the more games you can actually play, even though you can't field your strongest side, it's happening to everybody in the division. Yeah, no, no disadvantage, are they? It doesn't feel that way anyway. It feels like everyone's had a period where someone's had it. I mean, Sky Sports the other day, it was just, there was one team getting knocked out right, left and centre and you, you weren't really banking on the game happening until about three o'clock on the Saturday. But oh, no. that's, that's 2020, 2021 season, which I, I don't think any of us will forget in a hurry. Um, I'm I'm very, very lucky enough to have been one of the only Sunderland fans that's been in the Stadium of Light since COVID's happened based on my, my other role with uh, a women's football team. Obviously, you were there as well. You've been in there when it's been full. You've been there when it's been jam-packed. 
you know, loads of fans celebrating goals. You've been there when there's been about 15 people. Um, I understand how eerie it is, but what's it like as an away team coming at the stadium like when nobody's there? It's utterly bizarre. I mean, one of the things that I would say, when we, when we, when we came to Sunderland before, the welcome that we got there was magnificent. We got looked after fantastically. Everyone was so kind and uh, and pleased to see us. And, you know, it, 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 it was brilliant. Driving up to that stadium, literally with, with nobody there. <laughs> it was so bizarre coming up in the coach. Nobody there. I, I mean, you know, I did hear that, that, that there were, I think it was one or two Wimbledon fans actually were outside the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> they might people that live up north. They, 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 you know, clearly they, they they live up there, and they just wanted to be close to it or whatever. And one of them was on a bike. Apparently, I never saw them, um, but but I heard that, which I, I thought was really nice. To be honest with you, um, yeah, it was surreal. It was so surreal. You know, you're just looking around you in this massive stadium with nobody there, and the game was was was. Uh, uh, I mean, for me, it's the game's are still intense because I'm so uh, yeah. passionate about the game and, and so on. So I'm still like, come on, boys, come on, boys, come on, boys. You know, and I kick every ball and I come out just as tired as I always do from playing 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like to me, I promise you. Um, but for, for the other, um, just in general, looking around and, you know, the fact that I could actually have a chat with Ian Dowie halfway through it, you know, like, like, oh, we're doing all right here, Ian, aren't we? And he's like, yeah, you're doing all right. You know, it's just like, you, know, you, you wouldn't even, he wouldn't be able to hear you, you know. It, it's just so very, very weird. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's such a soulless experience, you know. Very few people, have, but a few people have said, oh, you're so lucky you get to go to games. Well, I did. I'm not anymore because I'm shielding. But, you know, um, you know, you're getting to go to games. And I'm like, eh, do you know what? It ain't, it's not what is, it's, no. No, it's not, is oh, it? No, it's not. You know, this is, this is not what I call a, a nice experience or, or, or something that I choose to do. Um, but what, what, what made me very resolute in going to as many games as I could was um, talking to a couple of the players, the, the one that I know quite well because he, he used to rent a room from us here, he used to have his dicks uh, uh, with me and my missus. And, uh, and he said to us, um, in no uncertain terms, that they really loved the fact that a few of us made the effort to go in these difficult times and that yeah. we were there. And that meant a lot to them. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. Okay, really? And he's like, no, no, really. You know, you know, we look up to see if you're there and knowing that you're there means something. Okay, that's nice. Part of the team. Yeah. Part I mean, it's... It does, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, when you when you scored a goal in the stadium light as well, which my team did the day that I was there, you can hear such a loud echo through it that it actually does sound a little bit like support. Not the same, but <laughs> it's got a little bit of... Because it echoes so loudly around the stadium. You can definitely hear... I mean, we've heard the amount of Sky Sports commentators apologising for the swearing on TV. It's just unavoidable. I think in these, this day and age, you might as well just put a disclaimer on there. I think it'd be like a load easier, but... What I found weird um, about that day that, that I went, we were in the away dressing room, but it wasn't the away dressing room. I've waited all my life to get in the dressing room at the Stadium of Light. I go there and I'm in the press box. I'm in the press room and on the shirts on the chairs. Were, were you the same? Were you in the, pre the press? It's a press room, isn't it, that you get put in? 
I, I think it was a bar or something like that that they were in. But but I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there because the way uh, they do the games is they 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 zone it very strictly, and, and which is really a good job. Otherwise, I think I'd have got it because so many of our playing side got it. Our management team and everything. It was you know the 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 the, the uh, but at the games, you know, you you've got red zones and amber zones. Yeah. Not not not. Is it amber? Yes, amber. Yeah. yeah. From from memory, yeah. yes. Yeah. And you know, so so uh, you, one can't cross with the other, and that that does stop you mixing properly. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm re- so so uh, the games are relatively safe, I think, for for visiting directors and so on. But now with it being so virulent, I wouldn't take a chance. It's, it's just a weird thing, you know. We we went into a bar. Um, I can't remember which bar it was. I'm sorry. In the main stand, and we had like a garage sandwich given to us, you know, in a, in a packet, um, a packet of crisps, a bit of chocolate, a cup of tea if we wanted it, you know, um, and there were four of us and there were, I think it was four or five from Sunderland there, you know, the CEO and a couple of others were there and it, and, and it's just like, this is the weirdest thing, you know, you'll wish each other luck before you go out and, you know, you, know, you shout across the room at each other, go, oh, that was all right, wasn't it? And it was, uh, you know, that it was just totally, and, and they left before we did because we were on the coach. Yeah. You know, they, they, and it was just like, oh my word, this is, this is just like, this is just like the strangest thing in the world. But, you know, it has to be. I, I personally think the game should carry on now. I, I didn't, but, but now I do. I think so many teams have had it. Um, they're young, fit men. You know, as long as they, they, uh, everyone's very careful when they travel and so on, which, you know, um, we took our COVID office officer with us um, to Sunderland. Uh, and we were we we um, we stayed in Durham, so you know we stayed we stayed after the game. Yeah. So the next morning at Durham Station, our COVID officer was on the gate making sure that everyone had their masks on. Yeah. You know, and then you have to have your mask when you're travelling and everything. And and yeah, you know, as long as everyone's compliant and and they don't do the the old footballer thing, you know, where where they think they can. Uh, um, do what they want, which is something I would discourage hugely. Then, then I think that, that that it should we should try and carry on because personally, and this is really just me, I need something to look forward to at the weekend. I know I can only watch from my front room, but I, I, I actually I need that now. I feel that I really need that. And if they take that away, it's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah, be I feel like that. Not, a two week break is not going to make a difference. Well, you know, they, they, you know, I think if they did it, they'd do it for a month. Uh, and, then, and then it's like, oh, we'll, we'll review the situation. And it's like, well, yeah, we ain't going to be out of this in, in, in two weeks. No. Enough to say, right, stop doing stuff again. Nah. So that might, it's only my opinion, but, but I, I, I'd be happy with us. Uh, carrying on. Yeah. Carrying on. Yeah. In reference to the game itself, before we completely leave it, I think, Probably got to be careful what we say here, but there was big rumours that the EFL, I think, um, didn't give Sunderland the guidance that they wanted for them to make a decision based on the game. Um, as the away team, that kind of, I suppose, in a way, the decisions almost took taken out of your hands. Uh, but did you think it was the right decision to play that particular game, or would you have preferred, ideally, for it to be called off at the time? I, I think that, 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 that having had that COVID experience already as a club, you know, you were better off playing it than not playing it. Yeah. Purely yeah. because of, of what, what's happened since, 
and you would have another game on your hands now. You know, would we like to have found another date rather than come up to you that date? Yes, we would have done. It would have been better for us. You know, because although we played a, a slightly weaker Sunderland team, um, we, we, we were weakened ourselves still from recovering from COVID. Yeah. And the sheer weight of games that we'd had, you know, it would have been better for us to come up when we were fresher and maybe with a slightly revitalised squad, some injuries back and so on. Yeah. So I think you could dress it up whichever way you want to dress it up. From from our point of view, um, you know, uh, once we're on the train, we want the game to go ahead. Um, but, you know, from your point of view, I I honestly think that it, it would be a blessing in disguise that you actually played that game. I think sometimes with games like that as well, it's kind of like when you're ready to go on a holiday and your plane's being cancelled and you've got to go the next day sometimes. That's how it feels when the games are getting cancelled. Oh, sure. like, Just what you, else do you do? <laughs> yeah, like there's not there's nothing really else to do. It's like you've planned for this day. To, and it, it's difficult because obviously there's, I think there's certain players and certain teams, in my personal opinion, that have maybe taken the biscuit with the advantages that you have at the moment, going to Dubai being an example for one particular team. Um, and things like that. And there's a few instances where I think a little bit like the advantage has been taken by individuals and, and by clubs. But I think essentially most clubs have done the best they possibly can to stay completely COVID safe, to keep the season going because like at Olympia, it's the national game and it keeps our spirits up and we haven't had a great deal to deal with. I think it, it does have to plow on in, in my opinion, unless it gets seriously bad, but surely it can't get any worse than it is at the moment. Well, I mean, the, the other point is, and, and, and you know, this, 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 is, this is very much either talking personally, um, you know, the players haven't had to give a lot in this. And it, it, if, we, if we did go into complete lockdown again where we stopped playing, um, they'd still be getting paid. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, listen, I believe once you sign a contract with someone, you're you're duty bound, but these these are different circumstances now, and I think there are other other things could have been done. So so uh, uh, you know because the the players are, are, are you know um, it's like a law unto themselves, and I don't think the PFA covered themselves in glory with all of that. So you know for everybody's sake, at the moment the clubs are getting a little bit of revenue in. It's not a lot, it's not a lot, but you know Sunderland are getting huge attendances on iFollow, yeah, as, as they always do. Um, and they, they 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 get money from that, and you know, you take that out, they're not getting that money. You know, it's nothing. Uh, you know, the sponsors, our sponsors have been unbelievable, uh, fantastic the way our sponsors have been. Um, you know, but if play stopped completely now, would would they carry on being as understanding and as magnificent as they've been? I don't know. I can't speak for them, but but you know, it starts to get difficult to keep paying for stuff that you're not having. Yeah, throws into that, of course, because then you've got no advertisement and programs, no advertisement, and so many things you can still sort of do in a roundabout yes. way. Um, pro probably the weirdest, weirdest element for this, it's kind of away from COVID, but kind of still on it in a sense, because it is, we don't want to talk about it, but we kind of have to. Um, but it has been a momentous year for Wimbledon. Obviously, you've returned to okay. Plough Lane. The lack of fans aside, as someone who's been there since the very beginning of the the Phoenix AFC Wimbledon, still Wimbledon to me personally, but as somebody who's been part of the club as it is now, how proud are you to be sort of where you're at in that new stadium and, and what was the feeling like getting into the ground? Uh, I mean, to, 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 to be back in, in Wimbledon is, is just, I mean, it's everything to me personally. Yeah. You know, it broke my heart when we left Clare Lane the first time and to 
to be back now is is incredible. It took me three and a half minutes to get home from the game the other week. You know, um, literally three and a half minutes. Fantastic. But what 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 I I it is so tinged with sadness because we haven't got everybody in. You know, on top of that, you know, because of COVID, there have been some people that have, that, that that didn't live long enough to see us play there. Yeah, there's a fair whack of that, and that is that 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 feels really harsh. It's a harsh environment we're living in at the moment, and you know the first game, and it's something I will never forget. When when the the, the teams ran out, I immediately felt a huge sense of anticlimax. Yeah, you know it, it, it was just like yes, I'm delighted, I'm pleased. But 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 emotional? No, I wasn't emotional. It was an anticlimax because I know that there should have been the biggest build-up ever to that game. We should have our fans would have been there hours in advance. There'd have been a massive party in Wimbledon, like you can't believe, you know, uh, you know, really, really, yeah, with, with to, to to go home, and and, and all I could think was it's just a stadium full of ghosts, is what <laughs> it felt like, full of ghosts. Everywhere and everywhere you looked, and 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 it you know. So at the moment, um, I'm obviously delighted that we're home. It's more convenient on on every level for me. Um, but until everybody's in, it doesn't feel like home. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it won't be home. But you know, um, yeah, we'll, 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 we will be there. We'll be in, and uh, and that's going to be amazing. With the situation we've all got a little thing that keeps us going i think is one of the things that keeps you going is seeing the fans in that stadium and thinking i don't know when it's going to be but at one point yeah. i get to see the second homecoming even though we're already home if that makes sense well yeah one, one of the things that i say that that, that that really surprised me a lot was when we played charlton at, at, at charlton um and that, that so that that was the um that was the only game I think I went to with, with, with the crowd, with, with just yeah. the 2,000 in the crowd. That was magnificent. It was magnificent. Just two, it felt magnificent. What well, I've got to say, the Charlton fans were incredible. Yeah. The Charlton fans were incredible. They they made a noise. They were behind their team. You know, we, we went 1-0 up. We, we should have held on to something that day, but there you go. Um, it was... But to be there, to hear somebody stand up going, Ref, you don't know what you're in doing, and, you know... <laughs> Getting back to what, what football was all about, you know, typical Wimbledon always lumping it and all this, that and the other when we just played this beautiful few, moved through the middle and scored a goal, you know. Um, you know, all, all, all the, 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 the bollocks that you hear every time you go to football. Yeah. You know, that's what we live for. You know, that was the thing that, you know, that's what first attracted me. You know, uh, I went to Plough Lane. The first time I went to Plough Lane, there were three things that, that, that got me. It was a, there was the, the smell of the hot dogs. Yeah, the smell was much better than the actual taste, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> then, then where I was standing, but you know, uh, I was taking, I was only a little kid and I was taking to the game. So I was standing at the front of a terrace um, in, in, by the south stand, the old south stand. And uh, uh, and I could smell the liniment on the players. And that was something that, that, that you don't get anymore, but I, I could smell it then. It was a, That was amazing. Uh, and, and then the banter in the crowd. I mean, you know, I was like a six, seven year old kid uh, and, and there were people just shouting things out randomly. You know, and I didn't really understand most of it, but I understood that some of it was, you don't know what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. You know, this is great. That banter. Uh, and, and, you know, you can't get that banter with 15 people in the stadium alone. No. <laughs> it's never 
happen, is it? It's few and far between at best, I think, isn't it? Even the celebrations, like I say, echo, but they're still kind of... It's so different, isn't it? But another side of um, sort of this season and the way that it's gone is the transfer market is probably slightly different. Now, I think we've been here three years. I've gradually got used to the fact that a lot of the time it's loan signings, free transfers, Bosman contracts. I think I understand that anyway, but the COVID situation, finances and everything has made everything so much more difficult. Um, how is it navigating sort of the transfer window in a COVID world at the moment? Has it changed much or is it relatively similar? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, like, like you know, our, our attitude to it right now is, you know, one out, one in. Yeah. One out, one in. Yeah, that's the only way you've got the budget to do anything. So as, as long as we're sticking to that and being careful and doing what we need to do, it's great. You know, there, there, there's no reason not to do it. Um, it's the same thing. It's negotiation and finding your way around. Um, I think that, you know, players that have got contracts at the moment are, are very lucky um, to, to, to be being paid to play football in this climate is, is incredible. Um, so I don't think a lot has changed on that, on that front at the moment. Certainly not for us. I think for clubs that are used to being able to go out and spend money, that's a different story. And I did see that you, you, you signed a young lad from somewhere today, didn't you? Uh, Forest Green, Carl Winchester, Green. undisclosed, as is the world these days, but that indicates money has exchanged hands, I guess. It, it indicates that something's changed hands, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, to me, you know, that, that's the typical kind of transfer that clubs like us, although we might have to go a division lower to do the same kind of transfer, or even a division below that, you know, and, and, and you know, you know, you have to unearth those diamonds and we all have to unearth them and polish them up a little bit, get them out there and hopefully you, you, you've got the next Jamie Vardy. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's what we're all searching for and all hoping for and, you know, there's good players come and go along the way and then it's just a question of how you spend your money, isn't it? You know, do you, do you spend it wisely or do you spend it stupidly? You know, you, you, you never know. Not all transfers can be a success and particularly when you're taking them from a lower division, you never know if they're going to sink or swim. Yeah. You know, you know, You've got to take that punt. I think um, there was a, I was watching Accrington the other night and I think it was like their back two, two of their back three, sorry, it came from League Two and their centre forward, it came from Southport and, and Leamington Spa, which is a bit of a different world to maybe what I've been used to with Sunderland. But it made me think, because obviously I knew this conversation was coming up, um, you know, AFC Wimbledon are a club that have, since I've known the club anyway, done very similar things. You've kind of pluck players from maybe non-league or from the conference and put them into the first team. Now, I think recruitment has become a big, big thing world over. Whichever level you're at, recruitment, looking at stats and things like that matters the world over. When yeah. you're a League One club, like how important is it to have such a good recruitment system and people that can identify players? It's, uh, it's uh, unbelievably important. And yeah, we, 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 We're blessed with uh, having uh, Nick Dawes at our place, who is... Uh, he came in as specifically as a recruitment guy, but then he ended up as an assistant manager, but he's still heading that up. Um, and he's got a, an encyclopedic knowledge um, and we have got a really good database. And, and it's, yeah, it, it, it's really important for us. And you know, I think our squad is stronger this year than, than, than last year. Although, you know, you, you might not believe that right now, but I think, you know, we, we, we actually started off the season really well because we've got a genuinely good squad. Yeah. Um, getting everyone back fit or as many back fit as is possible, getting over the COVID and everything, I, I, I think we'll be okay. Um, 
but yeah, that recruitment side of it is it's enormous. It is enormous. You know, you just got to get it. You have to get it right, or, or particularly on our budgets, you, you, you're going to get relegated. And of course, that's all changed now with the with 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 the uh, the new restrictions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah the restrictions caught me. But I'm, I'm only a football manager player, but they even caught me by surprise. I forgot that that was even in place, and I'm playing my new game of football manager, signing whoever I want. And I'm thinking, oh god, the four of these I can't put in the squad because I'm over my budget. <laughs> when it comes to um, Wimbledon as well, and obviously signings, you bought someone. I think today brought a new goalkeeper in, uh, yep. Sam Walker. He came on loan from Redden. Yep. The loan market is something you've used before. Um, a lot of clubs at this level do. Sunderland weirdly haven't so much this year. Do you think the loan market's just as important as the, the permanent signings at this level? A hundred percent for us. A hundred percent is yes. You know, I mean, you know, us and you know, you mentioned Accrington, or I think used the loan market better than any other club I've ever seen. You know, they you, they really do. They 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 get great players in, um, and they fit in with the way that they play, and it's fantastic. And you know, it's amazing what Accrington do. So yeah, the loan market is is hugely important. Um, and for Sunderland, I would imagine that you'll get a couple of loans in before uh, this this window's out. That's what I would imagine. Another two strikers would be nice if anyone from the club is listening. Um, another thing in terms of your recruitment. And this has been a continuous theme since I've spoke to you. You've brought in a lot of young players um, in this summer transfer window and you have in the past. I think I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong here, but Jacko Oksanen came in from Brentford, notoriously good at recruitment, as we've seen. Um, Ethan Chislett's come in from Aldershot as well. But from a Sunderland perspective, and I don't want you to give away too many secrets because I'm aware you won't, but which Sunderland fan, which players should Sunderland fans look out for on Saturday? Uh, well, I mean, Oksanen, without a doubt, is, is absolute class. Uh, Joe Piggott's been on fire and, and you know, was absolutely amazing up at Sunderland when we played up there. I thought he had a fantastic game. I really did. And, and young Ryan Longman, who we got from Brighton, he, he's good. He, 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 yeah, I, I, I predict that he will play Premier League. Um, he's a proper, proper striker. 19 years old. He, strength of it. He's like a bulldog. He's so strong. He's unbelievable. Uh, so, so you know, I, I think that, that, that you know, Oxanen, um, Longman, and 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 Piggott, you you, if those three are having a, a going day, if that's if they're all fit, I've got got no idea who's fit and who's not at the moment. Yeah. No. If that if if those guys are all fit, then uh, then you know we won't be far off our, our strongest eleven. Although I think our uh, at centre back we might we we might be one or two short at the moment, but they they're all getting back to fitness, which is the good news. You mentioned Joe Pickett. Now, that's someone who, I think because he's been doing it for the best part of 18 months to two years now, specifically against Sunderland as well, each time he's came up against us. Um, another player that I could be wrong with this, but you, you took him from non-league, didn't you, I think, originally? Yeah, you from Maidstone United, we got him from. Maidstone, that's yeah. correct. Um, he played league football before. Yes. He dropped, dropped out the league. and uh, you know, But yeah, Maidstone were a decent non-league outfit, so... Uh, you know, it's no surprise that a player like him would land up somewhere like that because they're local for him and uh, and they're a good level. They're a good. They're a really good club, Maidstone. So, um, yeah, you know, Joe Joe's a great lad. He's he really is. He's a very very. He's getting better and better and better and better. And you know, he was one of those players that benefited from lockdown actually. Yeah. You know, he got he came back fitter than he's ever been. You know, we got a new fitness coach last year, and I think I think that has helped matters a huge amount. Some of our players are fitter than they've. They've ever been, although now we have got injuries, so, you know. 
such is life. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> talking about the backroom staff, I think it's kind of a kick in the arse away from almost 18 months that you've had um, Glenn Hodges at the club, obviously a guest on the show previously. Uh, he kept the club in League One last year. Yep. Finished 20th, took over in October, so didn't even have a full season. It's yep. not his first job, but it's his first permanent job as club manager. How yep. impressed have you been with Glenn since he's been in there? Oh, great, great, great. Glenn's terrific. He really is. He's, 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 um, he's a top-class coach, which I think everybody knew anyway. Uh, he's got great organisational skills, you know, great motivational skills. I just think that, that some people don't don't quite... At the moment, yeah, there's obviously a few people that are getting a bit angsty, um, but I don't think they realise quite what the, the what COVID did to us, how much it took out of our... our really upset the apple cart for us. Um, and then all those games and the injuries and everything that's gone on with it, it's made it very difficult. Now we've had this little reset moment. You know, we, we, we've had a, a, an easier schedule... Uh, players coming back, a couple of new unions coming in one way and the other. Yeah, I fully expect us to kick on from here. Um, but then I'd say that no matter what. I'd say that if we only had 11 kids playing, wouldn't I? Let's face it, you know, we're going to kick on. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, I, I, I wish Sunderland all the best. I, I desperately want you to stay in this league for another season. I know you don't and you won't want me to say that, but I want you down at... Uh, I, want, I want all your Sunderland fans down at New Plough Lane next season. You know, I want you down there. I desperately want you to come to, to Plough Lane because that would be a day to remember for everybody. And, you know, I think, I think you've got a good new manager. I like him a lot. I think he'll, 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 he'll do well for you. And, um, yeah, so uh, that's what that, that... So we've got to beat you on Saturday because we, 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 we need to win more than you do. <laughs> but best luck after that, I take it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny you should mention that and you talked about sort of Glenn and, and certain fans having certain opinions and that's just the world over. You're never going to please everyone. When it comes to Sunderland, um, there's always talk that anything less than automatic promotion or even playoffs is a failure for the record. That's something I fully agree with based on our stature yeah. and our future aims, most importantly. When it comes yeah. to Wimbledon, with all due respect and stuff like that, obviously your history, Wimbledon have been in the Premier League. You had to reform. You had to change things around. So when yeah. you set targets, it feels like Sunderland set a target where we have to get promoted this season. We have a season aim. Being Wimbledon, do you have more of a, a long-term aim for getting to where you want to go to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one. I mean, our aims. We, we, we've set our aims a couple of times, but 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 yeah, and, and they need to be redone now. Yeah, we, we need to reset our, our our aims and objectives because yeah, we we got so wrapped up with uh, our biggest aim and objective being getting to play our lane, um, that, that, that lots of other stuff kind of went a little bit by the wayside. Now we, we, need, we need to set a, a new strategy, which is being worked on. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, that strategy will, will uh, help to map out what we do and what we, what we deem as success over the coming years. And, you know, uh, for, for my two Bobsworth, and it isn't just obviously down to me, um, but, but, you know, I firmly have my eyes set on the championship. Um, I think that one day we will get to the championship, but I think that we have to do it in a sustainable and sensible manner. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and you know, you look at some of the other clubs that kind of bob around a little bit, uh, and we wouldn't mind being one of them. You know, Rotherham being a great example of a club that, that that goes up, goes down, stays within its means or relatively within its means, uh, and that's what we have to do because we, we we've got no big checkbook behind us. Um, so, so we have to do that, or we have to find very clever ways to make the money to be able to 
fund a squad that can do that. So that could be through how we 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 sweat our asset at Plough Lane, which is really important. Um, but but you know how our academy does with with you know we 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 it's time that we had our our, our big success and sold a player for for a few million and then get sold on six months later for another for a big lump and we get a few quid. You know that's the sort of thing that will fund a team, but it'll be done. Uh, incrementally, and it'll be done properly. There, there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and that's really important to keep it that way. We must, we must keep it under control. And uh, you know, I, if football is just about winning games, then I'm in the wrong game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and yeah, we. All, I think everybody knows and accepts Sunderland are not a League One club. Far from it. But while you're here, you are. Mm-hmm. And you have to get on with it, make the best of it. You have to make the best of it. Somehow you're managing to keep on coming on to my next question, which is fantastic. It's great for me because you're leading on to it perfectly. Um, we <laughs> were on Sky for the first time, I think, this season, the other night against Hull with our rearranged game on Saturday because the other game was called off and so on and so forth. Um, I was actually really, really, really impressed with, it was Paul Cook and, and uh, Matthew Mills, obviously, I think, still currently playing, I think. Um, and their assessment of Sunderland's situation, and obviously knowing this conversation with yourself was coming up, um, I've always been quite impressed by your, your views on Sunderland, and you seem to have a grasp on ourselves as a club from a neutral perspective. But I suppose as an outsider or a neutral looking in, a lot of people seem to not understand the frustration of Sunderland fans. Do you understand why fans are so like frustrated, and what's your thoughts on it? Oh, 100%. I completely understand why they're so frustrated. You know, any club that that, that regularly attracts 30,000 fans shouldn't shouldn't be, should be in a division where there are other clubs that attract 30,000 fans. It's as simple as that, really. Market forces. That's what you'd think govern football. Yeah. But I think, I think that every Sunderland fan knows there's been some interesting choices made at Sunderland. Um, but, but a lot of it is it was in chasing... The Premier League status, you know, and it, and it's for good reasons. But you know, it, it, it's so easy to overspend in football, you know. And and now you know that 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 ceiling is it? It's a real ceiling. No matter who you are, you know, we've all got that ceiling. And the minute you start going above and beyond that ceiling, you put the club in peril, you know. And and, and that's the thing that needs to be realised. It doesn't matter what level you're at, you know. I mean, it's a little difference if you're Man City and you overspend. You've got someone that's prepared to write a check to cover it. You know, or, 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 you know, Chelsea and Abramovich put dig, digs into his pocket or he sets things up, he sets the infrastructure up so well that, that in point of fact, the club starts to make its own money. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, lots of people at Chelsea will tell you that, that, that that's more or less the situation there, you know, where the club has made its money now. Uh, and that is, that's interesting. So I, I, I'm very much... Um, you know, I want to see Sunderland get back up. They've always liked Sunderland as a club. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, you know, I'd like them to get back up there, but I'd like them to do it properly. Um, and if you get the new owners are coming in and they're going to spend some money, um, I'm sure. And uh, when they do that, what they need to do is make sure that, that it's infrastructure that they spend the money on. They need to make sure that infrastructure is there and that infrastructure can take the club up to the next levels. Um, and, and it's not just by having loads and loads of employees that, that, that are qualified to do their job. It's having the best people to do the job possible. Yeah. Because you can't spend the money on players anymore. 
because of the wage cap. So therefore, you know, the clubs with the best infrastructure are the ones that are going to do really well, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what it's going to come down to. And Sunderland should have the best infrastructure in our league, bar none. And that's what I'd be concentrating on if I was them. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't be trying to find ways around the 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 the, the wage cap because that's really really difficult to do, um, and 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 you shouldn't do it. But 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 there are advantages that you can have and that you can get uh, by being a big club that, that will still get you the players that, that that otherwise wouldn't wouldn't come to a League One club. Yeah. So you should still be able to do that. And a lot of that will be on future contracts and so on and so on. I'll come and play with you this year for, for two grand a week. But if we go up, I want 10. Yeah. You can get that in the league above. You can't get that in, in you know, otherwise that's half your budget gone, isn't it? And it's also, I suppose, in that sense, it's, it's incentive based as well at the same time. If you're yeah. saying like, you know, you can more than double your, your money as well. But I think we've seen, a, hopefully, the last of it, but we've seen a lot of, poor recruitment and poor infrastructure, shall we say, it's on over the past few years. But on to the game on Saturday. We both come into the match without a win. Well, as we're currently speaking, because we both may win tomorrow night since about the beginning of December, give or take. What kind of match are you expecting? Well, I, I mean, it was really weird. Up at the stadium of light, when the game started, I thought, oh, God, we're going to get killed here. And then we, we played our way into it uh, and we found our feet. And then... Actually, we, 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 there was a good case for us saying we maybe should have nicked that game. Yeah. Um, and I'm expecting very similar again. Very, very similar. I expect you guys to come out at us really hard um, uh, and we'll, we'll soak it up a little bit and then we'll start to play our game. And uh, hopefully it'll be nil-nil by the time we start to play our game and then, and then we, we get our noses in front and it'll be up to you to come and get us, wouldn't it? You know, Um I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was a similar scoreline to the last time we played. Yeah, same. We love a 1-1. We've drew, I think, 29 of 40 games since we've been in League 1-1-1. So I'm always going to predict 1-1, which brings one to my final question. We've spoken a few times. I always enjoy it. But I can't quite remember if you're a predictions man. If you are, what's your predictions for Saturday's game? Oh, well, apart from a straight 3-0 thumping for us, <laughs> of course. Um, I, I, I think I've more or less given it... Um, Having seen both teams play, um, and, and you know, you you are as much as you know. I, I, I read a thread on Facebook earlier just to see what the mood was amongst the Sunderland fans, and you know, some of it is quite, um, yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there's, there's two sides of fans of every club out there. We've got them. Everybody's got them. You know, I mean, and you know, for Man United fans, there are some Man United fans that if they're not winning every trophy, going, they're not happy, are they? So, you know, and uh, you know, you never challenge worse is one of my favourite sayings. So, I would I would suggest that I'm hoping for a sneaky little one nil, but 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 it wouldn't surprise me if the classic one all came into play at this one on Saturday. Yeah, I'm saying 1-1. I'm absolutely saying 1-1. We did every game that we play is 1-1, so I'm taking 1-1 again. But um, Ivor, as you can probably tell and the listeners can tell, I always enjoy chatting with you, mate. So thanks again for coming on. Pleasure. Um, I won't wish you luck on Saturday, but I do wish you luck after that. Vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it should be, right? Friendly, Friendly up until kickoff. That's how it should be. And then friendly afterwards. And afterwards, yeah.